Greetings, namaste, and shalom. Iron sharpens iron, and a friend sharpens a friend. You're listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. And you're listening to the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. I'm very proud to do so. We've had a unexpected cold front, and so while March is typically rainy, when you know spring storms, um, ironically so because of spring break. If you're listening to this in the future, you probably have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. If you're listening to this without like an American context or a mindset, still probably very confused. In America and in beach towns. You know, in America, especially in the Gulf Coast, we get very busy tourist-wise for spring break, ironically. And we have many local universities that help this all out. And so the the springtime, especially March, is traditionally associated with the global phenomenon of spring break. Or at least the, the American phenomenon of spring break. Lots of traffic... Lots of people, lots of uh, people on the beaches, etc. And ironically, it always rains. Typically, guaranteed to rain the week of spring break, statistically. It's our monsoon season. Uh, many beaches are like this. People book beach vacations in the Caribbean in the summer, for example, and it's their hurricane season, tropical storm season. And just the general vibes of a tropical area. So today is very similar, except it's also cold. And it's also um, pleasantly gray, very London beach weather in, you know, absolutely north of France, Normandy type beaches, beach weather. And uh, love it. I love it. Fucking love it. Chases away the tourists. And it bums out the ones that stays. It's truly like a Tim Burton spring break. Tim Burton's uh, beach experience today. And so we're going to go into the uh, second part of the blue planet. And by we, I mean I. as a solo project working completely alone. And this is uh, completely... Like, okay, so when reading the the first part of the Blue Planet Project, it was written by Will, uh, Milton Cooper, Bill Cooper, William Milton Cooper, Bill Cooper, uh, very commonly known as Bill Cooper, just as Bill Cooper, world internationally known conspiracy theorist, author of books like Behold the Pale Horse, uh, which is literally like the conspiracy theorist Bible, um, probably the most, like, without exaggeration, the most influential, the most powerful conspiracy speaker, um, you know, definitely of the 90s, and maybe of all time. Now, little was actually publicized about this book. This book is very obscure. This book, as I was reading it, I realized why. Because Bill Cooper transitioned from the UFO conspiracy field to the political conspiracy field with a specialization in secret societies, specifically the ancient mysteries of Babylon and the ancient mystery schools 
cultivating pagan uh, ideology, globalist ideology, pantheist ideology in a typically monotheistic, isolationist um, nation, of oh, frontier nation. Now, this is very obviously a surprising switch. It's, I mean, it's not a surprising switch. It's obviously very natural for one speaker to speak about both subjects, especially quite frequently. But as a real long-time listener of Bill Cooper, someone who's listened to almost literally every one of his broadcasts that I can get my hands on and my ears tuned to, I have noticed that, and yes, a man is allowed to change and flux and, and grow and, and cultivate new ideas and new opinions. Yes, absolutely it is his right to do so. But I noticed that Bill Cooper had a very dour, very negative opinion on extraterrestrials and of those in the extraterrestrial uh, world, especially government officials, etc., But he got his career from speaking about extraterrestrials as an insider source, as a liaison for insiders, as a mouthpiece for whistleblowers, because the situation was very dangerous. Bill Cooper worked very closely with John Lear and Bob Lazar in the 80s. He worked very closely with Linda Milton Howe, and with other ufologists who are currently, currently still in the UFO game. Whitley Strieber, the Las Vegas crowd, it can be called. The Las Vegas UFO scene. In this era, which was the 80s, primarily the 80s for him, he gave some of his best lectures and Honestly, what I remember him most fondly for and the best for are his UFO lectures. This is what I was trying to come to is that if you listen to him in the 90s or have some impression of him before he died or was killed, rather, he is very negative about UFOs. And you will think that he actually never liked or believed in UFOs or was involved with ufology because he's so political. He's so brass tacks fight the IRS, fight the Fed, secret societies, UFOs are a distraction type thing. NWO, blue helmets are coming for you from the UN. Take your guns, you know, take your Bibles, make you make you worship Allah at the UN, in the UN prayer room, right, type of guy. But for almost 10 years, he delivered some really pivotal texts. And it makes me wonder, if he was being used as an agent to disclose truths as a COINTELPRO agent, as a deep double agent, maybe even MK Ultra, and used to further the truth, but also stigmatize it and give it a very negative image based on his personal conduct and his personal reputation. Uh, as an alcoholic and as a abuser to women and his family, giving many death threats. Point is, if you actually look into Bill Cooper, it's pretty complicated. I don't idolize the man. I, I don't think he's a saint. But reading this, I really like the work that he's done in classifying this in a way to distribute knowledge as clearly and as simply as possible. 
And over the last first half of the book, 80 pages of the book, um, I can't find really a lot of faults besides the, the peculiar and obviously unique and maybe, you know, done so on purpose naming structure to throw off real sources, etc. Um, you remember illusion and, uh, you know, disguise is the number one rule of warfare. So if any military action, any action done in a, in a context like this, whistleblowing, military watchdog, journalism, etc., will always change the names and details, dates and times, etc., to really obfuscate and confuse and hide. And the true story is always retold and never, you know, never repeated. It's just reimagined. It's a dramatic reimagining type uh, effect to it. Dramatic reenactment. But yeah, we got through to um, all the alien species, famous crash recoveries, um, the history and relationship between the U.S. government and gray aliens, specifically gray aliens, and the exchange and deals that were made with the Griarda Treaty. And now we are going to get into alien technology. Big question is what alien technology has been reverse engineered and what have they given us exactly? What technology was given to us to make it worth the deal of taking human beings for the colonization efforts of the greys? And we'll be getting into that right now. So thank you very much. Blue Planet Project, Bill Cooper. We're going to be reading the subject, Alien Technology. Well, he's the chapter, Alien Technology, Part 2. Right, so sit in, grab yourself a drink and a snack. Don't forget to check me out on social media. Instagram uh, is at Beyond Top Secret. I post there daily. If you guys haven't already, check out Linktree, L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Beyond Top Secret Texan. It gives me all your links. It gives, me, gives you all my links uh, for Twitter, uh, Telegram, YouTube, uh, TikTok, all that good shit. You can find me on my many different platforms. If you're listening to this, you probably already found it. But just know it, you can find it literally across the web. iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc. Um, I hold myself to a schedule of three shows a week that are public. But I have an exclusive podcast episode recorded every week. Available only to my fans, my subscribers, my loyalists, and uh, those who, you know, financially support me every month with the cost of less than one movie ticket in America, the cost of less than one pizza, um, I'm only asking for $9.99 a month, and you get hundreds of hours guaranteed already of exclusive episodes and thousands of hours within the year to come. Now, that's going to be accessible to you with the purchase of one membership, one subscription fee, $9.99 per month um, at the Anchor FM slash Beyond Top Secret Texan website. You can look at podpage.com slash Beyond Top Secret uh, Texan, or you can look at Spotify and you find the links there. Thank you very much in advance for those who decide to 
jump aboard this crazy train. You're the greatest audience out there in Dreamland. And for those who are already members, thank you for making my dreams come true. Thank you for making this show uh, a career. Thank you for really breathing life, not only into this channel, because you really are the, the, the breath of life in this channel, but you literally keep me eating. You literally keep me living. You keep me surviving every day to the next one. And this is why I produce content. It's because of you, the people, you deserve it, you need it, and I am willing to give it. Exactly. So everyone according to their ability, everyone according to their need, right? Now, the uh, Patreon, Patreon gives you a lot of perks. You can purchase Patreon for as little as $1 a month. And that is for people who, I know times are tough and everything, but if you still want to participate, I trust me, I appreciate it. And I will make sure to be providing a number of links to exclusive research material that you can, you know, uh, view nowhere else. It's completely uniquely gathered by myself. There is exclusive links to live streams on, a, on my YouTube, exclusively available only to my Patreons. There's exclusive content uploaded all the time. You get notifications whenever I do record, whenever I upload. You're going to be there getting emails. Uh, you are allowed to direct message me and contact me on my social media. I remember who I, you are, but I only talk to my Patreons. That filters out all my shills and my haters. I only talk to my Patreons. So thank you very much for your support on Patreon and um, through my subscription service on my podcast. That being said, let's begin. Blue Planet Project by Bill Cooper, Part 2. Alien Technology Alien crafts with dimensional factors and or dimensional origins. To understand this concept, you have to realize we live in a universe made of ten dimensions, nine spatial and one temporal. On Earth, though, we just use four dimensions, three spatial and one temporal, because on Earth, six dimensions are compacted to one abstract dimension. Following the theories of two physicists, Dr. John Schwartz and Dr. Michael Green, the particles of atomic structure have the consistency of ten dimensions. For the system to be established after the Big Bang, the dimensions collapsed and created the compacted effect of the six other dimensions into one dimension. The aliens use this knowledge, which they call the Nordwag factor, which increases one large field of acceleration, or particles, and recreates a new dimensional space. This means that the inside of the alien craft is much bigger than the outside to the alien craft is in size and dimension. Some similar aspects that affect over third dimension space and fourth dimension time to the six other dimensions. Multiverse, multi-universe theory, and not a single universe theory. Universe is a single part of the total of the multiverse. The U.S. government and alien technology. Of course, they, the aliens, have given high technology to the government, but how do scientists like myself know the difference between a toy or a real sophisticated device if they never have seen one before? They give us primitive concepts in the computer system, microchips and integrated circuits, and we improve much more faster than they expect we can. After this, aliens have been much more careful about what toy they give us, and because we have demonstrated that we can turn a toy into a high technology in a short order. 
The main interest of the U.S. government is to collect all possible alien information in science, especially new sources of energy, technology, especially beam weaponry and tactical aircraft, medical, extend the life expectancy of humans, and the total elimination of deadly infirmities, i.e. for the elimination of the weak people from our society, and intelligence, especially in mind control. All of these objectives are still ongoing. The implant of the SBMCD, the multiband micro receptor transmitter chip device. Units auditory sensors, and this is a chip that looks like a watch battery in size and scale. The unit's auditory sensors maintains a constant monitoring of wavelengths that extend into the ultrasonic frequency range as well as being able to detect sound in only a few decibels in strength at a short distance. Central Power Nucleus Here is where energy is released to power the unit. This energy is generated by the decay of a small quantity of the radioactive isotope strontium-90 and distributed to the entire unit through the unique direct flow of charged electrons in a fluid nutrient base of a consistency similar to human hemoglobin. Self-destruct device will destroy totally the the SBMCD in case anyone without access code frequency wavelengths trying to open this module. A variety of micro-circuited electromechanisms located beneath the central power nucleus aid circulation of the nutrients, internal solutions permitting the efficient transference of power, communications, and data. The unit's enhanced internal-external visual sensors are designed to detect wavelengths of photons ranging from the ultraviolet to the infrared portion of the spectrum. Neural Stimulator The device delivers a phased voltage beam directly into the nerve endings in the brain cortex. Phased transducers or other side of the main lobe oscillate several microvolts of direct current simulation per second. Total control of the brain at the end. The Unix Auxiliary Data Storage Center maintains over 10,000 microsilicon wafers each integrated by a direct lead to the micropositronic simulated brain sensor, providing instant access to tens of billions of bytes worth of information on call. The SBMCD are implant. The spherical biological monitoring and control device, that's what the SBMCD stands for, the spherical biological monitoring and control device, is a techno-organic enhanced synaptid processed powered by a micro-positron flow that controls and mimics the functions of the human nervous system with micro-relays duplicating the operations of brain engram patterns. Normally, the grays during an abduction make an insertion of a 3mm device through the nasal cavity into more closely proximity to the brain of the abductee and after implementing subliminal post-hypnotic suggestions that could compel the abductee to perform some specific act within the next two to five years. Normally, the SBMCD can only be removed when the abductee dies. Trying to remove it while the abductee is alive means certain death. Aliens and the Electromagnetic Spectrum 
After reading this document, there should be no question at all in your mind that there are intelligences that can manipulate or materialize any kind of object into our dimension. Let's take a look for a second at the electromagnetic spectrum. As you know, our visual spectrum only makes up a small portion of the whole. Look at what the spectrums are involved with UFOs. Ultraviolet spectrum. Blue spectrum, UFO entry field. The cyan spectrum. The green spectrum, UFO is becoming visible. Yellow spectrum, UFO is in a vulnerable status. Red spectrum. Magenta spectrum. Infrared spectrum, UFO is departing. Heat spectrum, UFO fields. Radio spectrums. If you relate this to cases that you are familiar with, as far as appearances, spectrum shift, where you flight, etc., you will see the applicability of the above diagram. Alien artifacts used at mutilations. The biological scanner. Type 1. The biological scanner is used for field determination of genetic medical conditions of life forms by sensing body emanations and emission groups of alpha, beta, gamma, gamma, caroline, tetha, and Z rays. OBS. Refer to files of magic medicine, advanced diagnosis practices, report to scale collaborations, and current interpretations of readings. Specific overall length, 6.5 centimeters. Maximum diameter, 3.5 centimeters. Weight, 230 grams. Sensitivity, 0.001 to gold. Reading groups, all alpha, beta, gamma, curling, tetha, and Z-rays. It has a computer, activating control switches, and scanner housings. With a rotating scanner, a reading dial, life form type selecting scales, ground plane screens, and select range scales for different kinds of life forms. The biological scanner type 1 consists of two parts. Part number 1 is the scanner head, which you use to activate the device by rotating the scanner head, which is enclosed in a microchip mesh sensor network. This will activate the unit. Part number two is the main body that interprets signals received and converts them into an audio readout, which is programmable by twisting the scanner head to be the desired position. The scanner functions much as does a mini diagnostic sensor. By sensing the physical emanations of an individual or an organic being which is in close proximity, the audio signals indicate either through as a period or a tone one of ten vital readings. Body temperature, blood pressure, pulse rate, respiration rate, basal metabolic rate, cell rate, lung capacity, heart activity, brain activity, homeostatic division, and deviation. The scanner is intended for the use within a single species, although it has limited diagnostic use on physiological similar life forms. For visual readout, the scanner can transmit signals to a biocomputer. The lights on the computer will save the same functions as the oscillating tones and can be enhanced for more detailed appraisal of the being and being desired. A regular physician must undergo extensive training before being able to read precise information out of the sounds emitted by the scanner, and there is no simple method allowing the layman to do the same. The Spray Applicator The spray applicator is a small cylinder dispenser of epidermal drugs deployed by depressing the major axis of the unit between the thumb and the forefinger. Although it is capable of dispensing a variety of liquids, foams, and gels, it is normally pressurized for field use, with an organically-based, flesh-colored compound that acts as a coagulant to stop the flow of blood, as well as an antibiotic to protect against infections. 
A mild local anesthetic deadens the pain and the effect of the area. The applicator contains about 5 to 10 doses depending on the amount needed for filled operations. The filled reader tube. The reader tube is used when the low-powered scan is not effective to diagnose a patient's condition. Like a species that may possess a thick epidermis, it transmits life readings from a sensor head to four independently activated lights, which indicates that there is intensity or period for the following. Heart rate, red. Or heart rate, green. Pulse rate, red. Body temperature, blue. Blood pressure, yellow. The pointed sensor into the tube must be placed into direct contact with the patient's exposed skin. Due to, the, due to the narrow reading range provided by the reader tube, it is suitable for any life form. Surgical scalpel. Six scalpels are contained within the surgical kit, class ABR5, with cutting widths varying from 1 to 5 angstrom units. Activated by gripping the cylindrical base, they employ converging laser beams with a very precise subcutaneous incision. Skin grafting lasers. The type 1 low-power laser is used to quickly and painlessly heal external wounds by closing severed blood vessels and nerve endings while stimulating the victim's anabolism. Constructive metabolism, i.e. the regeneration of tissue. The type 2 laser can also be used to graft skin, removed by scalpel from less sensitive parts of the body onto areas where tissue has been damaged or completely destroyed. This procedure should be followed and is really necessary. The laser is activated by, by depressing the dorsal bar, increasing the pressure, and causes increases of intensity. The blood attracting device. The device is an emitter or a force field, like some kind of tractor beam emitter that can focus a wave or particle beam. The device is set to locate hemoglobin cells and attract them through the skin using the principle of gravitational electromagnetic focus contention. The device can also be used for repelling or mutual repelling and attracting mode to seize and hold stationary repel or attract even large objects. The device can operate at full 100 and 360 degrees, allowing it to function at almost any angle. Because the beam has its limits, the wave particles are short-lived and will disintegrate into byproducts at longer range, i.e. in excess of 100 meters. U.S. Government Secret Technology The helicopters themselves have been seen in areas where UFOs are reported in many countries. In some more interesting accounts, the mystery helicopters were seen with UFOs or shortly after UFOs were sighted. In a documented mystery helicopter wave in England, accounts place oriental appearing occupants in unidentified choppers. Slant-eyed, olive-skinned, oriental-seeming occupants have been a staple of the heart and the periphery of UFO accounts for years. Significant numbers of the infamous men in black have a similar appearance, but very often they are seen as a very pale and gaunt man who are sensitive to light. In Stigmata, any 5, Fall Winter 1978, Tom Adams outlines the most prominent speculative explanations accounting for the mutilating helicopter link, including the following possibilities. The helicopters are themselves UFOs disguised to appear as terrestrial craft. The choppers originate from within the U.S. government military and are directly involved in conducting the actual mutilations. The helicopters are government, military, and are not involved in the mutilations, but are investigating them. 
The helicopters are government military, and they know about the identity and the motives of the mutilators, and by their presence, they are trying to divert attention to the possibility of involvement by the military. Mystery Helicopters and Mutilations Normally, the mystery helicopters belong to the Delta NRO divisions. For a normal mutilation research mission, they are sorry. For a normal mutilation research mission, they send one helicopter with a team of seven agents and two remote piloted vehicles (RPVs). The RPVs are a small device and look a lot like saucers of three foot in diameter and are radio controlled. Surveillance devices. Airborne Remotely Operated Devices, A-Rod, the RPV. Note, the vehicle is created by Aerojet Electrosystems in California, and it appears as a fully miniaturized UFO, circular in nature, three feet in diameter. Remember, this book was written in 1988 over the collected notes of 80 lifetime of work within these secret projects in the West Coast. And that the secret projects in the West Coast um, you know, absolutely produced these technologies. This is where Area 51 is. This is where a lot of top secret California installations are. And they worked heavily with um, these black budget projects. The RPVs also carry a surveillance robot airborne remotely operated device, AROD. A flying pizza with a tail, three feet across, carrying a high-tech video camera aboard. Also surveilling the surveillance device from above is a device known as a high-altitude long-endurance drone, a HAIL. HAIL is designed to reach altitudes up to 100,000 feet. The device is powered by microwaves from the main helicopter. The HAL is a basically a flying wing looks like a boomerang if you straightened it out with a concurrent radar dish on top of it the teledyne ryan aeronautical operation is responsible for the mysterious helicopters or xh sharks as they refer to them I believe a cover-up of the capacity of the helicopter is operating with overrides the real and total capacities and capabilities of this helicopter, but the following is only what I've been able to learn and not may not be the total capacity and our capabilities of these vehicles. And the helicopter is a two-bladed, two-rotored um, stealth helicopter for all intents and purposes with a tail engine, a jet engine basically on the tail, allowing it for quick speeds and, and I'm assuming very high-tech maneuverabilities. Far, far more in advance than even the Apache helicopter or the Cobra helicopter, it appears. The Black Hawk helicopter appears. Type Rotor has an advanced blade system, experimental research demonstrators. Engines, one, eight, one eighteen. 1,225 horsepower Pratt & Whitney engine, Canada J63A turbojet, turboshaft, and two 3,000-pound Pratt & Whitney turbos. Dimension. Diameter of three blades, 
double main rotors and are 36 feet long, with the length of a fuselage being 40 feet. Performance, maximum speed, 276 miles per hour. Rate of climb, 5,000 feet a second. Some helicopters also have a gravitational electromagnetic projector to create a cocoon around the helicopter as a disguise. A 360-degree global arc with a radius of 50 feet more or less provides a photonic force field. When activated, this, UF, this effect appears as a UFO as shown below with no inertia and no acceleration effects. This provides 82% higher protection against attacks than any armor. When used during a normal mutilation research mission, the XH-75D type black helicopter carries a crew of seven agents, two RPVs, and one hail drone. Alien abductions. The monitor's abductions. In the 50s, EBEs, specifically of the Greys, began to taking large number of humans for experimentation. By the 60s, the rate was speeded up and they began getting careless. By the 70s, their true colors were very obvious, but the special group of the U.S. government still kept covering up for them. By the 80s, the government realized that it was too late and there was no defense against the Greys, so programs, media, send TV, comics, commercials, books, magazines, cartoons, etc., were enacted to prepare in a public for open contact with non-human alien beings. Now, at the beginning of the 90s, these programs are continuing and working well, too. The Greys and the Reptoids are in league with each other, but their relationship is in a state of tension. The Greys only know the Nordics and the Reptilian race as their enemy. Don't confuse the difference between the Reptilian race or the Reptoids and Reptilians or the repto Reptiloids because they are completely different races. One being domestic in crypto for the subterranean world and the other one being um, spaceborne. We will talk more about the Reptilian races later. Some forces in the government want to publicly to be aware of what is happening, while other forces, collaborators, want to continue making whatever deal is necessary for an elite few to survive the coming conflicts. The future could bring a fascist new world order or transform the human consciousness into awareness. The struggle is now when any active assistance is needed. Prepare. We must preserve humanity on Earth. The future could bring a fascist new world order, or, or sorry, uh, the case for alien abductions. Great types and some Nordics are on top of the alien force who are bent on abducting millions of people along our history against their will, subjecting them to intense medical probing and committing other invasive acts. These determined alien species are here using Earth as a gigantic breeding ground. Their accumulated data shows that we were all will pass the phase where mythic or academic explanations alone will suffice. Up from the strange chaotic deaths of abduction lore, 
packed into our growing research files and journals, a central theme is emerging. The bottom line, evidence of certain aliens' methodical, ultra-intimate program with Earthlings refutes the cosmic altruism found in traditional contact literature and counters the New Age trend of unrealistic idealism that concentrates exclusively on benevolent, spiritual motivations or presumed ET visitations. Scientists are beginning work on the alien front. Even the term extraterrestrial stretches the data for beyond its reasonable, reasonable limits. This unknown agency, exhibiting strictly cold and clinical attitudes toward human beings, is unquestionably alien. It's certainly being witnessed often enough in conjunction with UFOs or UFO occupants. But even lengthy witness accounts that go into great detail about this or that alien home planet or star cluster fail to factor out the elements of wishful thinking, deception, and disinformation to the field of study. The potential for misleading data attaches itself to abduction research as readily as memories of bindingly bright lights and missing time recur as acknowledgments of the experiment itself. The bottom line cannot be discerned beyond the facts at hand. Researchers admit to be stuck in the various early stages of divisiveness and confusion more than anyone else. The abductees themselves have to feel the pain, terrifying literal pain, that comes from being at the mercy of an alien force whose bottom line agenda largely ignores the fundamentals of human dignity and well-being. But the aliens do fully comprehend... Wait, sorry, the page just jumped on me and I gotta refine my place. Hold on one second, let me try to make this easier for myself by adjusting... Okay, so, where was I? But the aliens do fully comprehend and seem to manipulate the requirements of organic reproductive creation. In this, they are much like us. We are dealing in a realm that overrides long-standing cultural habits of thought and behavior. All we have to work with are the reports that have been allowed to break through the rigid veil that hides UFO information. The bottom line is babies. Time after time, abductees recall the same sequence of events and observations. Their mechanism of conscious control softened under hypnosis. Many come in clean. That is, with little or no previous interest in UFOs and having never heard of much less read the several books that are introducing the topic to the masses. Intruder and Communion the prescribed order of abduction events reveals an industrial-sized operation with across-the-board demographics. People of all races, most ages, and both sexes have been experienced. It's fairly obvious the researchers maintain the manufacture of hybrid babies dominates the alien agenda. It's very extremely structured. They may do a million different things, but they're really interested in one thing alone. The genetic sequence of events as recorded and documented in human evolution. The following abduction experience is generally as follows. The examination, the egg harvesting or sperm sampling, the baby presentations, only for females, it's rare for males, the machine examinations, media presentations of idyllic environments, 
The abduction sequence is not exact in every instance, but enough leading indicators may be present to qualify the case as one deserving further investigation. Capture. Examination. Conference. Tour. Otherworldly journeys. Theophany. The delivery of some sort of quasi-religious message or experience. The return. Then the following aftermath. This hasn't happened in that many cases, but still deserves particular mention at the moment. A significant number of abductees tend to retain special, almost spiritual feelings about their experience, even if they were treated roughly or hurt. Also, recent investigations for efforts are hinting that various sources in the intelligence community exhibit an odd preoccupation with religious angles. These sources claim they can furnish an inside track to greater levels of truth about the UFO phenomenon, and some investigators consider them trustworthy. They inexplicably fascinate with, are fascinated with the religious side effects of these things. For some nasty alien races, religion means the better way for mass manipulation and psychological, sociological control that they can get, and they work very well within that. So I think he basically meant that um, there's always a religious new age angle to it and that there's a suspicion that manipulation by extraterrestrials is played into that and that they appear as, say, Jesus Christ or they appear as an angel or a saint through, you know, holographics and, it's you know, um, holograms and they, that is their weapon against us is our own religious nature, our own beliefs. Researchers feel that they are getting closer to have more definitive answers about abductions. A body of evidence. A body of evidence that once emphasized batching details, lie detection, and relative psychology of witnesses is giving way to one yardstick that never fails to command scientific respect. Similarities in form and content are important to know, but ultimate answers demand exterior evidence to bridge the gap between report and reality. After a close encounter of the second kind, we have documented the physical and chemical evidence such as soil samples and performed full analysis on these samples. The affected soil was packed in hard, desiccated chunks. To duplicate the effects, analysts had to heat normal soil at 800 degrees Fahrenheit for six hours. This is one kind of physical evidence. Body scars and other medical trauma left in the wake of alien examinations are perhaps the most incontrovertible evidence we found available. But other developments add more fully to the case of alien reality. One example is an examination of stained clothing retrieved from an abductee just after her experiences. The clothing awaits spectrographic analysis. The results of this analysis can tell us what kind of residual stains can appear. This again as an additional physical evidence. If large numbers of doctors and can conventional gynecological practices were to be exposed to abduction data, a whole new subspecialty would be inevitable. Many women abductees indicate that aliens tampered with their reproductive organs if not actually committing a form of technological rape. Some women abductees are plagued with stark memories of strange, wispy-haired offspring whose presence sometimes evokes revulsion and the paradoxical feeling of, this can't be my child. 
Additionally, we have to talk about the disappearing pregnancies. Abductees as far as removed from one another as Brazil to New Hampshire tell nearly identical stories of pregnancies that suddenly appear and disappear and later reveal memories of repeated meetings with small, not-quite-human infants that are asked to hold and touch. One theory holds that the aliens are attempting to learn by proxy the skills of nurturing to aid in the replenishment of their race. I think it's purely physiological. In some way we don't understand, the baby is aided and or helped by their physical touch. One of the abductees said she felt like a human battery charger. Elaborate rituals that present babies to parents and attempt to institute some sort of ongoing parent-to-child relationships have been documented, along with the descriptions of high-tech nurseries and what look like unusual incubation apparatuses. The realm of UFOs is a place where paradoxes are normal. It's assumed that aliens use technology to far outpace what we have on Earth, yet some of their methods seem low-tech by comparison. According to some data collected by abductions, the aliens, like humans, have to confront the world of error in their experiments. For many years, the world of error appeared primarily as crashed saucers, recovered pieces, and occupants. <coughs> What we are finding in the abduction phenomenon is that the factor of error is quite different. What it boils down to now is someone sneezing out something or an odd metallic object in one's body that no one can make heads or tails of. Several people have in fact sneezed out objects which may be alien implants, though so far most of the objects have been lost or thrown away, but a few implants were recovered which will be discussed later in this document. Um, as, a, as an aside from the Beyond Top Secret Texan, this isn't in the book. Uh, currently doing a lot of research on Daryl W. Sims. Daryl W. Sims has entire collections of alien implants recovered from surgery and by natural causes like this error, which is, you know, people sneezing it out, people finding it, people um, not grafting with the implant for whatever reason. But it's not just a few circumstantial pieces of hoaxed evidence. It is entire folders and libraries, bookshelves, offices of archived slides and samples of extraterrestrial objects recovered in human bodies through medical examinations. And most of them, exactly, are from local areas, the South and across America. Imagine internationally what has been recovered by doctors. States know about it. There's a lot of physical evidence. Now back to the reading. The unfolding drama of abduction wouldn't be complete without a token note of Big Brother. Government paranoia. Even earthly high-tech uh, phenomenon, including sophisticated mind control techniques and the capabilities to project sights and sounds at a distance. Perhaps not probable, but it's possible that what must, but most research consider an alien-orchestrated abduction sequence is actually a carefully scripted, electronically induced perception. That means big news to Earth. If certain areas of the human brain can be remotely simulated, then it is possible to develop the technology that broadcast over large territories, literally saturating the area with a flood of symbols. Such a device would be a major tool or social change. The buzz that ha human witnesses often hear could be produced by microwave radiation, known to be in the arsenals of governments and darker programs. 
A mind control hypothesis could also be explained the relative lack of physical evidence, though only on irrational stretches of the imagination, that they may link mind control techniques with that evidence has been documented, i.e. physical traces, unusual metal garments, and scarring. Worth noting. However, it's the fact that some researchers pursuing this trail of investigation have been summarily and sometimes harshly thrown off. Sporadic accounts of humans assisting with abductions add a chilling note. What we inevitably face, even with the growing evidence, is a mountain of unanswered questions. If and when the mainstream quits denying the presence of UFOs, a well-supported program of tactical research may ensue. Until then, abduction remains a mystery, and the abductees, the outsiders whose physical and emotional well-being hinges on its solution. The data we have about abductions, as derived by the conversations with the abductees, that during the abduction process, all abductees were scanned with a very sensitive and powerful mental probe, which retrieved all personal and private data. Name, address, age, profession, psychological pattern, etc. from the abductees and was readily available to the aliens for their data bank. Just a few of these names and addresses goes to our government per the alien government agreement. During the process of abduction, a directional subliminal mental command kept, kept away any other non-interesting witnesses around the area of the alien craft. After an abduction occurs, we can maintain synchronicity of finding the abductees with 12 to 24 hours after the abduction. Really not an easy job. We recommend, in the case of a female abduction, a complete gynecological procedure common to abductions. In succeeding operations or generations, our family exposure to recurrent observations, we are observing areas of the human body that are consistently and quite visibly affected. The evidence is related to the skin, dermatology, and muscles, musculoskeletal system. During their experiences, many abductees and our witnesses will feel a tingle, pricking, or a static electrical shock, a type of parasite excuse me, paresthesia sensation over the skin, followed by paralysis involving the muscular skeletal systems of the entire body, with the exception of the abductee's heart and lungs where minor and no effects may be found. The body marks may remain permanently or become transitory in nature over a short duration, healing or disappearing altogether. In dealing with the skin, we find the following evidence. A thin, straight, hairline cut, linear and about 1 to 3 inches in length. A circular or scoop-like depression about one-eighth to three-quarters of an inch in diameter and maybe as much as a quarter of an inch deep. Rashes. Rashes are seen on the body, most appearing in the upper thorax area. And lower extremities, the thighs and the legs. Many are geometrically in shape, triangular or circular. Other rashes, similar to chronic inflammation such as localized psoriasis, may be found on other body areas. First and second degree burns have been sustained in a number of cases and in some cases questionable tumors, lipomas, have been noticed just beneath the skin. The most common areas examined by the aliens, other medically determined patterns of consistency are as follows. The navel cavity. The ears, the eyes, genitalia, the umbilical navel regions on females only. I will also say that's not true. The umbilical navel region on both males and females is often targeted for implementation, uh, forensic or uh, medical surgery because they use it 
they use it because it's both highly ignored. Most people don't even look at their belly buttons, right? Because it's weird and they just don't like it. And because of the irregularity of the skin texture there, they can say, for example, create keyhole incisions to your abdomen through your belly button and your navel area. And you would assume the residue scars or whatever skin deformations would occur through the healing process were just part of your natural, unique skin structure around your stomach. And this is uh, both for men and women. Men are just simply that ignorant of their belly buttons that they just don't even understand when there's a cut or a scar that they can't explain or a scab that doesn't make any sense or, you know... I think that's pretty funny. Well, women are more self-conscious of their bodies. These appear in physical areas of greatest interest to the abducting alias. Most abductees have described a thin probe with a tiny ball on its end being inserted into each nostril, usually on the right side. The abductees are able to hear a crushing type sound as the bone in this area is apparently being penetrated. We believe this is when they insert a device for tracking and are communicating with the abductees. In the future, it's inserted. Many abductees will have nosebleeds following these examinations. As a precautionary note, we recommend that known or suspected abductees who as parents watch their children for any evidence of a recurrent nosebleed that can't be explained. I highly recommend taking these children to a pediatrician to discover the nature of the nosebleeds. Diagram of female areas examined. 
Needle marks on the roof of the mouth. Needle marks on the navel or abdomen. Unexplained infections in the uterus or cervix. Upon examination of do uh, by doctor reveals evidence of bar bearing more children than one is aware of, including scar tissue, indicative of cesarean sections, scoop marks on the skin, or implants underneath the skin, needle marks in the neck or back of the head, unexplained gashes or slices near shoulders or on the arms. Triangular rashes are, are bruises in places. These are just a few of the locations, shapes, and types of marks left by the abduction. And they're like stitch wounds or hash marks. Many researchers believe that the alien technology is being used to insert or implant, we talked about implants in other parts of this document, into this area for future tracking of the individual. It is interesting to note that many of the individuals subjected to nasal probing now have a future history of chronic sinusitis. Documented evidence has also shown that some abductees have been probed in their eyes and ears with a similar instrument. With eyes being involved, abductees may experience temporary blindness, blurred vision, swollen, watery, and painful eyes. Photolophthalmia. Acute conjunctivitis. Acute conjunctivitis, red and irritated inflamed eyes, that is called pink eye in lay terms. There's also some questionable history of these individuals developing cataracts. Scars have been observed on the calf, including just over the tibia or shin bone, thigh, hip, shoulder, knee, spinal column, and other right side of the back and the forehead. Biological specimens, samples usually taken by the abductees and or the witnesses. Evidence indicates that aliens have taken blood, Iocytosis ova from females and spermatosia from males and tissue scrapings from their subjects' ears, eyes, nose, calves, thighs, and hips when abductees and our witnesses are asleep and are possibly under some form of alien anesthetic. There are also some circumstantial evidence to suggest that specimens might have been taken from the following. Saliva, aqueous humor, eye fluids, cerebrospinal fluid, urine, stool, hair, and nails. We feel that all abductees are given some type of preparation prior to these examinations. Some witnesses have reported receiving oral liquid medication, others an application of a liquid solution similar to a preoperative prep over various parts of their bodies. Some report a tranquilizing effect telepathically transmitted from the acting alien examiner and or application of an instrument to their head which renders deep relaxation or unconsciousness. Next, we will outline what we think are the three stages of examinations which abductees are subjected to through some type of preoperative anesthesia. First stage, preoperative. Abductees are subjected to some type of twilight sleep status where they're in a definite trance or daze. The twilight sleep state could be induced by several different things from the liquid application over the body as specific conscious suggestion by the aliens, the aliens using some form of our hum hormones or enzymes to stimulate a neurochemical response or some type of yet unknown technology. 
One odd note in connection with the stage that prompts a lot of questions is why is it that so few abductees remember removing their clothing? Because during the process of a light sleep state, they receive a subliminal command to erase the more traumatic memories of their abduction. Some commands are so strong that just a few of the abductees are able to remember clearly their experiences, even when placed under hypnosis to remember. Second stage, procedures. Physical examinations taking place such as probing, insertion, exploration of a, the body, taking of biopsies, blood, or skin samples. During the phase, the abductees may be semi-conscious as the procedures are carried out. Some actually experience pain. Despite objections, the aliens appear to be indifferent to their victims' pain and suffering. On the other hand, some abductees at this stage were given heavier sedation to quiet their fears and apprehension and do not recall any pain with these procedures. Third stage, post-operative. Afterwards, the abductees and our witnesses say their bodies feel sore or exhausted as if they have been involved in strenuous activities. Some experiences and, um, are unexplained, and it feels that they've been tossed around or hit by a Mack truck. This is similar to a known effects of Karare, a drug originating in South America that induces therapeutic muscular paralysis. There are specific blood enzyme studies that if performed within 12 to 24 hours of exposure can be used to detect any abnormalities of muscular activity. Some docu uh, documented physical traces of the abductee experience correlate fairly well with some of our recognized medical procedures. The most outstanding is one called liparoscopy which is a cylindrical tube-like instrument with special optic attachments are placed through a female's umbilical navel region for exploration of female organs. With this particular instrument, a physician is able to observe all female organs to determine if any abnormalities are present as well as obtain ova eggs from the ovaries. Most women abductees have felt that they were being blown up inside, feeling tremendous pressure in the lower abdomen and discomfort in the vaginal areas. During the leparoscopy procedures, approximately 2 liters of carbon dioxide is instilled into the abdominal cavity. This causes distension of the abdomen, thus allowing better visibility of female organs. A few women may have residual scarring from the long, needle-like instruments placed through the umbilical areas. Pregnancy in correlation with the laparoscopic procedures is a new treatment for infertility called gamamate intrafallopianal transfer gift, which treats infertility by placing sperm and prostates directly in the infertile woman's fallopian tubes for in vivo fertilization. In contrast with the in vitro fertilization, IVF gift facilitates nature physiological process to achieve pregnancy. Male abductees report having a tube-like device attached to their penis, which causes ejaculation for sperm sampling. This is highly uncomfortable to the individual. Most have said they sustain transitory small lesions that disappear shortly afterwards. Others claim to have experienced direct sexual intercourse with an alien hybrid female, ostensibly for the purposes of sperm retrieval and fertilization as well. A substantial amount of evidence has been accumulated that female abductees undergo gynecological insemination. This event has resulted in pregnancies most documented by positive pregnancies tested by gynecologists. In cases of spotting or bleeding with these pregnancies, the physician normally performs a pelvic ultrasound scan, ultrasound test to check pregnancy within the uterus, to rule out a threatened miscarriage or missed abortion, failure of the pregnancy to grow. 
The test can detect a pregnancy as early as five weeks. Thus, pregnancy can be confirmed to different gynecological tests. It should be noted that the government uses the abductees' normal doctors to collect most of above and following data, without the patient knowing anything about it. And in most cases, the doctors knowing very little either, and threaten that they, if they ever talk, they will have the licenses revoked permanently. In cases we have seen, this is followed by the subsequent alien abduction, usually when the pregnancy is approximately 8 to 10 weeks long. During this time, there is a retrieval and a removal of the pregnancy by the aliens. The female may or may not experience spotting or bleeding during this time. What's baffling is how such a pregnancy can be removed intact without causing death or injury to the extracted embryo by the aliens. In order for a particular to continue, several methods would have been made available immediately to sustain life in the extracted embryo. We suspect that some type of simulated intraturin growth and incubator is used to maintain the pregnancy, or perhaps an alien hybrid female is used, whose role is to act as a surrogate-type mother. Techniques for reimplanting the embryo are very difficult for our medical technologies of today. Several alternative combinations can be speculated with the artificial insemination of female abductees. Alien sperm plus female eggs. Male sperm plus female eggs. Male hybrid sperm, combination of both A and B plus female eggs. Note, female human eggs are apparently needed in all cases. Hybridization, they claim that RHO negative blood is the proof of hybridization and our own science tends to bear out that claim. We know that this group of aliens has a tendency to lie. Since this is a device, and referred to above, of their invention, they are probably able to manipulate it just like Hollywood technicians manipulate equipment to produce the special effects or trick hologram photography. Our genetic code is under siege. In focusing on the gynecological and reproductive procedures that have been performed on abductees, we have to come to firmly believe that there is some type of ongoing genetic manipulation that is occurring within various family generations. For purposes of clarification, it is essential for us to use some medical terminology to explain special specific facts. The way of genetic manipulation lies with the deoxyribonucleic nucleic acid, the DNA molecules of the human gene cells, these genes control the reproduction and day-to-day functions of all cells. It has been estimated that there are probably 30,000 to 400,000 essential genes in the human cells, assembled in lengthy linear arrays that together with certain proteins from rod-shaped structures known as chromosomes, chromosomes from certain individuals, those certain altering techniques form a customary arrangement or standardized format known as karyotype. We believe it is the manipulations of the genetic codes of the karyotype of individual chromosomes that the aliens are researching, specifically looking for mutation patterns. Mutation patterns would allow them to re-emerge the genetic coding on certain low-key genetic terminology, the specific site of a a gene in a chromosome. In this manner, they would be able to experiment with a multitude of loci and the various chromosomes, thus bringing about new genotype individuals in preceding generations. Perhaps each succeeding generation of families is subjected to a different comparable type of experimentation by aliens. It is interesting to note and necessary just where the residual scars are located in abductee bodies. Now I would like to pose a new interpretation of the evidence found in our ongoing research of abductees. Many scars are found over the shin bone and the hip bone, 
which are common areas of obtaining bone marrow samples and or aspirations. Simply speaking, bone marrow produces the red blood cells in our body, and it is significant in our opinion that it is through the human's bone marrow and blood that it is possible to study their individual chromosomal patterns. The timing of abductees' first experiences also correlates to the hypothesis. The marrow of essentially all the bones in the human skeletal structure produces red blood cells until a person is 5 to 6 years old. The marrow of the long bones, except for the proximal portions of the humor, upper arm bones and tibia, becomes quite fatty and produces no more red blood cells after the age of 20. Beyond that age, most red blood cells are produced in the marrow of such areas as the vertebra, spinal column, and steminum, or sternum, chest bone, ribs, and hip bone. And as we get older, these bones become less productive. Most initial abduction experiences occur when the abductee is between the ages of 5 and 20 years old. Based on these observations, we are probably dealing with two very important phases of an abductee's life as it relates to this apparent alien exploitation. Pre-adolescent teenage phase. Initial blood samples, bone marrow aspirations, and tissue samples are taken between the ages of 5 and 20 years of age. This would be the time frame for specific and early genetic studies on the chromosomes of abductees as a follow-up from another generation to studies performed to see if a certain pattern is consistent with a particular family. During this time, some type of implants are inserted so that the individual can be followed and found at some future dates. After further analysis of samples have been obtained by the alien researchers, some of these individuals may be abducted again, possibly due to the failed implant or for the reconfirmation of certain genetic information. Adult Phase the pattern we are seeing in the present seems to reveal abductees are undergoing some form of ongoing genetic exploitation, implementation, and or manipulation, such as genetic coding. This is where we see the most consistent, most documented procedures of the abduction phenomenon, such as the artificial insemination techniques, which are continued on some abductees throughout their reproductive years. Perhaps in their own way, if you believe in the Space Brother theory, the alien scientists are meticulously, methodically, and clinically restructuring the human race through procedures of genetic manipulation so that they will be designed better for resolving our own problems rather than requiring their more direct intervention into our petty world and species affairs. Maybe there is a double-blind study on the human race ongoing for reasons known only to the aliens who are running the program or consider the possibility of this being an alien scientific research mission, where studies are being performed on technologically less advanced planets. All of this is pure speculation and wide open to other theories or hypotheses. A new eugenics movement has recently sprung up in Southern California. Eugenics is the science dealing with improvement by control of human mating of the hereditary qualities of a race or breed. These issues that bear on eugenics movements can be argued both pro and con. However, we feel that overall is a very emotional issue with implications that could correlate with the alien agenda. And either certain pro problems that could very well rival our nation's controversial abortion decisions. The techniques of selective breeding, which seem to be utilized by the aliens, are beginning to appear in our own culture. For example, Dr. Robert Graham, who founded an organization called Repository for Germinal Choice, has come under heavy attacks by his adversaries. Essentially, Dr. Graham's program allows women to shop in his repository sperm bank for a specific type of donor sperm that they can retain for later use in artificial insemination procedures. 
In other words, a human can select the sperm of a Nobel Prize winner, an astrophysicist, or an extraordinary professional such as an astronaut, physician, or mathematician, etc. It appears that this organization is out to create a new generation of superintelligent children who will be eventually uh, adults through the techniques of selective artificial insemination. The socio-economic economic, political, psychological, and theological implications of this controversial new technique, whether put to use by the aliens or the humans, go beyond the scope of this document. Exactly what are these implications, you might ask? Only time will tell. The metagene factor. The metagene is a biological variant lying dormant in select members of the human race until an instant of extraordinary physical and emotional overstress activates it. That's an Energochemical in response to adverse stimuli. A chromosomal combustion takes place as the metagene takes the source of biostress, be it chemical, radioactive, or whatever turns out the potential energo response into a catalyst for genetic change. The main focus of the catalyst powers is a gland in the middle of the human brain called the pineal gland, and the nutrient for increasing the pineal's action in the adrenaline. The metagene factor gives the ability of psionic power. The main interest of aliens, especially in the grades, is to understand the control of metagene for their own race. They try to do this by using biological experiments to make hybrids for both humans and aliens. They believe perhaps the men from the planet Earth are the deadliest creatures in the universe, because only on Earth people are apparently capable of generating the metagene factor, which means natural psionics abilities, real power. The principal races in the universe are psychologically the same. The pure cold logic is a normal mode, a normal order to most important races. Basic sameness makes for predictability and security. The enemy one knows are the ones you can guard against. This is not the case with mankind. While most are uniformly human, some many more apparently than anyone had dreamed to possess latency towards superhumanity, natural psionic abilities that in itself could prove dangerous for any idea of alien domination on Earth. But couple of mankind's inherent belligerence with the fact that metagene affects each human is unique and Earth becomes a spawning ground for an unpredictable super race, if we have the chance. Others have already demonstrated an awareness of man's potential along with human history. Nordics treat this because the aliens are here to try to control earthlings before we dominate them and we and they want our most important secret the metagene factor which is the aliens only hope abduction by greys there is a large number of greys abduct a gray abductees living all over the world most are either unaware or just partially aware of their involvement with the aliens. Gray abductees seem to be taken from a large variety of reasons, some apparently having nothing to do with the person, him or herself. They might have been manipulated to various degrees for, other, for no other reason than they were with a person scheduled to be abducted. Others have been abducted apparently only once or very rarely compared to throughout life. As with Nordic contactees, it would seem that genetics and the artificial racial background plays a part in their selection process. People have been abducted by greys for a long time. 
This contact can exist during generations of the same family and even cases of the abductees having contacts with the same entity during the process of past lives. All this means that there may be a clear indication that a large percentage of the human race could be very well be a sleeping army and were picked up only once or twice and implanted, but not generally bothered or contacted throughout their lives. This suggests that the people are on hold for something, or they, they simply are walking transmitters of some kind of information, basically bioenergiasmic psychowaves, beaming back to the aliens const- uh, constantly. Most gray abductees are first taken as children, and many adult abductees know or feel their children are being abducted. It would seem that most children who appear to be involved don't want to be considered the possibility of actual abduction or think about it at all. It would also seem that the best policy with most children is to leave it at that, not to push them to remember. Hypnotic regression especially is considered too much to ask of a child. Even adults actually should not be taken lightly the decision to have themselves hypnotically regressed to recall abduction experiences. Children and adults alike, if they are involved, will tell you of their weird dreams and experiences even when they don't believe there is anything going on. Women are frequently abducted largely for reproductive purposes. Though some never experience the kind of interaction, some of those who are involved in the part of the report that their earthbound human children live with the aliens have several different reactions to the situations. Some are perfectly happy with the program as it is. Many don't express any opinion, but... Uh, about it at all because they don't see it as being anything that they can do anything about. Some are repulsed by the children that they have seen or remember seeing and by their own involvement in birthing them. Some have felt that the children were produced will be used against us. Some of the weapons and aircraft training that abductees are involved in is actually done by the abductee for the sake of the unborn child. Training the mother as receiving or as received is thought to be transferred psychically to the unborn child. Others have their half-breed children as they would any others. Many who feel this way would likely recover their children and bring them back to earth where they would have a better life than with the aliens. Many also feel that the children are better off where they would be, certainly like more open contact with them and more interaction with their children, with their human children. So basically they want them back in their families. The aspects of biofield differentials. The biophysical field of the gray entities is in opposition to the field of the human body. The reaction produced by the interference of the two fields can produce a sensation referred to as body terror by abductee Whitley Strieber. A human may or may not experience this reaction depending on their ability to develop a mental block to the reaction created by the field differential on occasions for the same possible reaction with some Nordics, uh, with some Nordic beings as experienced. The fields emitted by the greys parallel to the type of the field emitted by their much of their technology. The greys use technology to amplify the effect of the biofields in the humans. It allows them greater control over the ordinary humans who may react to the field differential with the human emotion of fear. 
Using internally generated tones to interfere with some kind of manipulations, anyone can produce high-pitched tones in his or her head. It would render the manipulative technology inert. Just maintain the tone during the presence of the grays and if anyone is capable of arguing with them. Generating of the tone is an important part of the human defense programming against intruders. Awareness Parameters for Tone Maintenance Since the technology used to manipulate humans encourages relative paralysis of conscious functions, maintenance of tone interference of other mental techniques must be handled by a form of bridging or cooperation between consciousness and subconscious awareness. Effective use of or counteracting techniques uh, depends on an increasing awareness of both states. The subconscious areas are where all memories are preserved and all experience there relative to abduction is subject to blocks placed there by both the abductee as a program response to a function which the aliens have connected with a survival impulse or the alien agents. Lucid dreaming indicates a closing of the gap between awareness of both mental areas. Being able to interact Hold on, my page just jumped again. It, it does that. It like immediately jumps to another page if I'm close to the edge. The most interesting aspect of alien control is manipulation technology allows a separate and distinct manipulation of both the gross and finer dense. Oh, wait. The subconscious areas are where all memories are preserved because of the block connected with the survival impulse of the aliens. Lucid dreaming indicates the closing of the gap between awareness of both mental illness being able to interact with the greys on their own turf, so to speak is a threat to alien manipulation and control. The most interesting aspect is the effect of multiple level alien manipulations or alien controls using technologies they allow the use of separate and distinct manipulations of both the gross and finer densities they can compromise the physicality of the human body. They have the ability to place a human on a table, put him or her into delta sleep, Shock him or her with a static charge, separate his or her finer bodies, and manipulate them at will. Manipulation of finer areas that involves the formative forces of the physical body are tremendous effects at the physical level. They also have the ability to withdraw experiences and memories from a human and place that experience and a memory into another body or container, whether the container is a natural or synthetic body. Manipulations of these types have effects of the ability to have one's consciousness leave the body, emotional response patterns and programming, ability to deal with psychic blocks and a host of other parameters. To begin to counteract this, work must be done by the individual to work on expansive awareness. Connections must be developed between the conscious self and the second self, which may be the self to the project astrally. After a while, the conscious maintenance of the connection begins to combine both conscious memories and the memories which lie deeper. Work on self-apothesis and regression techniques with a qualified individual. These techniques will aid in the process of developing more awareness and control. Constant experimentation while in alien presences must be done by the abductee, who must make an effort to note results of various mental manipulations of the alien control efforts. Some major indicators of alien interaction and possible hidden involvement. Missing time. 
waking up during the night or in the morning with unusual bodily sensations such as tingling, numbness, dizziness, heaviness, or paralysis. Any of these are often accompanied by disorientation. Nightmares are vivid dreams of aliens and their technology. Sleep disorders also waking up at a specific time. Physical marks are evidence or bodily manipulation. Repeated sightings of an alien craft. Clear remembrance of alien contact and interaction. Healing or inexplicably improvement of a physical condition. Reactions of fear, anxiety, or unusually body sensations like nausea upon viewing visual images of aliens and their technology. Feelings of having had communications with others. Unexplained behavior totally inconsistent with previous patterns, such as drug addiction, alcoholism, depression, and then uh, various other phobias. Any or all of the above indicators may explain may appear in combination with other ones. Many of the indicators could also signal a physical problem requiring medical attention. Clinical psychologists have reported that a significant number of people have been helped by their interactions with alien species, mostly through alien physical manipulation that resolves a physical conditioning. Bioconditioning of the hybrid fetus and a human host. The nature of the alien physiology is quite different from that of the human host. Though the autopsies that we have done with the greys, it has been found that the tissue is often very of a composite and reflects a blending of animal and plant genetics. Some species have black tissues with green blood and appear to function on a light-based nutrient system. Many human hosts have reported mysterious infections, often yeast-like in nature. Though analysis of many cases has been pretty well established that the aliens often purposely introduce systematic organisms into the human female in order to acclimate the hybrid fetus to the physiological environments of the alien life to come. These substances are thought to be microfungi and are microviruses. The implementation of these substances is thought to be critical for some species of the human hybrid program. It is quite apparent that this is no concern for long-term effects of human breeding and the human. They apparently make adjustments during the breeding cycle. These adjustments can include substances with physically wear down the human host, as well as manipulation of the various fields inherent within the human body. The question always seems to arise. If these aliens can produce synthetic tissues, why couldn't they just grow a torso or create a synthetic clone to bear the fetus for them? Why do they have to use humans for this process? There are two main parts to the answer. The first one is that they need the genetic input. The whole reason for hybridization is to enrich the genetic capability of the organism. For this, they need human genes. The second part of the answer is that they need to affect on the fetus or human emotional psychic experiences the fetus will experience. The hybrid being will develop a growing sentience unlike a synthetic where the sentience does not extend past the physiologically determined by the matrix of memories. The programming of, co of, of reactions is set and must be exposed to these factors. One would then ask why they could not sit around and project psychic energy at a clone using artificial rays, of course. The answer is that the emotional component would be missing and the psychic energy not so pure, so not so effective. 
The hybrid fetuses is extracted from the human most about 90 Earth days and but developed, then continues in a totally alien environment. The whole process causes premature deteriorization of human female host, which simply increases the vulnerability to alien manipulation due to weakened conditions. During the hybrid breeding process, the body of the human female host will be manipulated. There have been cases where f- fillings and teeth, which may contain mercury and other metals, have been taken out of the human's mouth in order to seemingly promote the health of the developing fetus. Abductions related medical anomalies an abductee may experience. Abnormal blood cells. Implants in the eye, skin, nose, and or anus. Diarrhea. Constipation. Shoulder pain that comes and goes. Lower back pain. Three vertebrae up from the lower lumbar. Knee pain and the dip of the knee under the kneecap. Constipation, mostly in women. Rashes immediately after contact may be caused by radiation and are allergic reaction. A lump in the dip of the collarbone at connection to neck may cause paralysis or semi-paralysis. Artery in the wrong place may indicate an arterial implant. Pregnancy connected with an abduction time period, usually a small fetus. A baby may have unusual appearances. A child who has ESP and are advanced beyond his or her years. An eyelid which may contract and roll outwards under stress. Eyes may be able to see through closed eyelids. Visual marks on the body. Scars or geometric forms visually present on the body. So visual marks differ from scars. Visual marks are like handprints, bruises, uh, things like that. Scars on the back of the legs for people under for people uh, scars on the back of the legs for people born in 1933 seems to indicate skin scraping, i.e. cloning. And this is specific for people who are abducted in the 40s. Hear a buzz, beep, or modulated tones in their ears when going to sleep. When they feel a lasting Brit, uh, or they, when they feel a last breath feeling, may just be a side effect of the out of body experience. Shaking of the bed in conjunction with the limbs of their body floating or rising. Geometric symbols seen in the mind. Tiredness in the morning after a good night's sleep. Feel as though you are worn out. Sleep learning. Out-of-body experiences. The sudden development of ESP. Rhinec, enzyme to the brain, now developed. Extra vertebra in the neck. Egg-sized lump on the bottom of the ribs. Warts form a geometrical shape after examination, appear to be side effects from some device. The uncalculation devices and the practices of the manipulation of the mind. The following material is copyrighted by Nevada Aerial Research. Learning and teaching and assimilating techniques of electronic space societies. Through the experience of those who have had and are continuing to have various contacts with non-human entities, we have learned some data regarding these advanced societies. 
Overall, life appears to be rather regimented. Social codes are sufficiently advanced beyond those of the human being that they become a part of existence rather than the subject of existence. An electronic space societies of positive orientation, knowledge, and data are generally assimilated under duress, in that training and education are accomplished by forceful means, such as the implant technology. Techniques of electronic space societies in calculation to teach and to impress by force or frequent repetition is the usual term used. One of the prime patterns of activity is that is what's called direct observation. During this process, face-to-face contact occurs between the alien species and a volunteer humanoid for the purpose of exchanging cultural information. Direct observation also appears to include various types of medical analysis. Abductees in this situation are actually volunteers, but inculculation methods block their knowing or awareness of their own voluntary participation. Of course, this is not the procedure of some alien race who take abductees against their will, i.e. the greys. Direct observation operational procedures are as follows. A human target is sensed. The human's ridge response system is examined and checked. The craft is allowed to appear to the humans, raising or releasing old implant blocks. The subject is monitored and picked up when appropriate. Sometimes a targeted human being will be picked up in childhood and taken to an underground facility for crystallization implantation. They will be monitored through the growth period in young adulthood. The human is picked up and the crystals are removed to the human as a kind of place reserved for future triggering and employment. The Andreasian Affair is an excellent case which features these elements. Inculculation Devices Several kinds of devices have been noted by those who have had contact with the various alien species. Inculculation Bar A rectangular box of metal with multicolored lights displaying a sequence of blue-green, red-green, and green-blue and the numerical sequence of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. The subject lies on his or her back and a metal table directly beneath the bar. At the foot of the table, level with the surface in a metal console box with cables connected to the table. The attendants are dressed in red jumpsuits and the room itself is bathed with red light except, with in, except when inculcation therapy is in progress. The inculcation monitor. This monitor, when coupled with the data banks in the ship's computer, can be used to implement the enhancement of a being by infusing abilities through implementation of data. During this process, it appears as if a negative mental state are removed and mental barriers are set aside. The monitor is a modulated ketachelonic encoded laser beam which pierces the eyeball of the subject in a Earth's nanosecond, one billionth of a second, it resonates down compatible optic frequencies, which sets up harmonic vibrations, which disseminates the encoding to the proper receptor sites. The catechylene beta lipotrepin 4753 laser is a technical name for a substance given to the abductees. It is effective removing certain body neuronal blocks and is the same that gives the boost to the awareness intelligence level of the abductee. It is a mixture of distillation of slightly encephalonic melanocyte, stimulating adrenocortoptropic hormone in a neural metastasizing. 
neurotransmitting medium, i.e. a cerebral cortex roto-rooter. Rapid inculcation processes. I, one method, one dons a... Oh, sorry. In one method, a one dons a helmet bearing wires. Old Zeta Reticuli 2 technology, almost obsolete and needless. A crystal cube is put into a niche on top, and a type of strobe light flashes in resonance with the brain waves of the abductees. The abductees' head becomes filled with pictures which gradually form a pattern of responses. The abductee is given a learned motion, pattern, response system, and may be trained in a brief amount of time to do a very complicated task. Sometimes the abductee is hypnotized or made to sleep, and a high-frequency microwave emission is used as a rapid inculcation method. Rapid inculcation systems and processes uh, directed at the ocular wave with which to send encoded data into his or her nerve ridge response system. This data may be triggered later by prearranged stimulus response signals that will be present in the environment of the abductee. Sometimes the bioenergetic field itself is used as a carrier wave and the data is encoded in sound-coded symbols. The gray hybrids, Rigelians and Betelustians, have an interesting variation in which the abductee sits in front of a screen and a computer console type and interacts with images of the holographic display. Notes. The Ridges Response System. A series of energy focal points formed by the energy streams around the physical body. Ridges can be it can impinge on each other and cause an enduring state. Ridges exist in suspensions around the humans and are in foundations of which they are facsimiles and built upon. The facsimile. The facsimile is a recording of, or is a recording of all perceptions, effort, thought, and emotions experienced by the organism during any point in time. It is recorded by the reactive mind. A facsimile can also be consider the physical universe impressions of thought, specifically that sections of thought which has physical universe impressing on a tag within it. Reactive mind. A reactive mind, the portions of the mind which, re which works on a stimulus response, which is not under conscious control, which exerts force and the power of command over the being's awareness, purposes, thoughts, body actions, and altiosis. The reactive mind never stops working. It is instinctual. What is thought to be subconscious and unconscious is always conscious. 21st century biotech. We are leaving the era of expendable resources like oil-based products. The pr power of the future is renewable resources like biologically engineered products. The Dulce genetic research was originally funded under the cloak of black budget secrecy under the budget of billions of dollars. They were interested in intelligent, disposable biology, humanoids, to do the dangerous atomic plutonium propulsors and saucer experiments. They cloned their own little humanoids, greys, via a process perfected in the Biogenetic Research Center of the World Los Alamos Laboratories. Now they have their disposable slave race, like the Greys, EBEs, the U.S. government can clandestinely impregnated human females then remove the hybrid fetus also after about 90 days 
just like the aliens. For more details about how the government does their abductions, see volume two of this document called The Pulsar Project. Then accelerates the growth in the lab. Biogenetic DNA manipulation. Programming is instilled. They are implanted and controlled at the distance through regular radio frequency transmissions. Many humans are also being implanted with brain transceivers. These act as telepathic channels and telemetric brain manipulation devices. The network, NET, was set up by DARPA, Defense Advanced Research Project Agency. Two of the procedures were the RHIC, Radio Hypnotic Intracerebral Control, and EDOM, EDOM, Electronic Dissolution of Memory. The brain transceiver is inserted into the head through the nose. They learn this from the greys. This device is used in the Soviet Union and the United States as well as Sweden. The Swedish Prime Minister, Palmek, gave the National Swedish Police Board the right in 1973 to insert brain transmitters in the heads of human beings covertly. <coughs> they also developed the ELF and electromagnetic wave propagation. ELF is uh, electronic low frequency or extremely low frequency and electromagnetic wave propagation equipment. Rays which have the, uh, which affect the nerves and can cause nausea, fatigue, irritability, and even death. This is essentially the same as Richard Shaver's cavern T-log mechanism. This research into biodynamic relationships within organisms, biological plasma, has already produced a ray that can change the genetic structure, heal, or even kill biological creatures. Shaver's cavern Benmec could heal. Warning, manipulation and control, fear, fraud, and favor. The Pentagon, the CIA, the NSA, DEA, FBI, NSC, etc. seek to capitalize on the beliefs of the American public. The secret government is getting ready to stage a contact landing with aliens in the near future. This way, they can control the release of alien-related propaganda and control the narrative of human-alien contact. We will be told of an interstellar conflict, but what looks real will be fake. What is disinformation? Is your attention being diverted by the strategy of a shadow plan? I believe you already know the answer. Terms used, because we were at the end of it, that was the final, that was the final full page. You already know the answer was the final line of the Blue Planet Project. This appendix, though, will reference terms used in the reading of both parts one and two. Alien crafts, identified alien crafts, identified number of alien crafts, alien craft landing, alien crash landing, crash landings, unknown origins, alien defense research, national security agency, national security council, defense intelligence agency, central intelligence agency, federal bureau of investigations, unidentified flying objects, research and development board, the office of naval research, air force research and development, the CIA office of scientific intelligence, NSA office of scientific intelligence. And then we use several maps that, you know, exactly, if you actually downloaded the PDF, you would know, and they give the citation for the maps. 
And thank you all very much for listening to my presentation of Bill Cooper's The Blue Planet Project. That was the second part of the project. I highly recommend you listen to both of these presentations back to back to get the full full impact and the refresh the knowledge of part one. Thank you all very much for listening. You've listened to the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast. I'm the Beyond Top Secret Texan broadcasting to you from the third coast, the coast with the most, the Gulf Coast of Texas. Thank you all very much. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. And while I may not agree with 100% of Bill Cooper's assertions about the implications and, and various details of the history Overall, he's 100% right. Overall, about especially about gray alien abductions and the status quo and the typical uh, side effects and technologies being used, as well as the contact between grays and the human governments, from that angle, he is 100% right. I believe, sincerely believe, he was a deep state double agent that was intentionally used to create the culture and the lore necessary to control the alien narrative to maintain that it was strictly get grays and that strictly it was a human operation, a military operation behind a new world order to demoralize and to distract and to provide only a half-truth to control the narrative, to control the propaganda, to control the spin. Remember, the Ashtar High Command and true extraterrestrials are not friends with local governments and nations, secret societies, or authorities of man. They seek the liberation and the empowerment of the human species, thus they are enemies of anyone who seeks to harm and hurt humans, even intellectually, by keeping us ignorant is not for our own good. You're robbing us of free will. Now, Bill Cooper may have thought he was truly covering or, or uncovering a connection between the secrecy of the alien UFO and uh, secret government connection, right? Some kind of colonization conspiracy, which was very popular from the late 80s to the 90s. That, I believe, was the false propaganda, that was the false message, that was the half-truth. That there are shadowy secret societies that are fully in league with extraterrestrials and thus have superior technology that cannot be defeated by any mankind or any rebellious group or any kind of uh, militia or any kind of freedom fighter. And that extraterrestrials are entirely negative being in league with these evil cabals, and that there is no one good extraterrestrial involved with us, and that all extraterrestrial visitations are rapacious, predatory, and sexual in nature. Thus, it's a nightmare scenario. You've created a basically the awakening, the great dream of multi-species contact that Star Trek and, and others like that in the golden age of sci-fi really started pushing and creating and turned it into the late 80s, 90s version of a gritty, dark, hyper-sexualized, abusive, uh, disrespectful, cynical, nihilistic view 
from a uh, only centered on the most nihilistic and cynical and evil and materialistic extraterrestrials, the Greys, and only on the most negative and evil and materialistic and aggressive government and mankind organizations, the secret cabals and secret governments of military intelligence. It's not the whole truth. It's the truth, but it's not the whole truth. It's only one small piece of a very large puzzle. And he didn't have all the answers as much as he even started believing he had all the answers. He went rogue, but it's because he took his one little piece of the puzzle and, and went native, totally forgot his side of the fence he was on originally, and started trying to control the entire conspiracy world, which was wrong, which was exactly domineering, which was toxic to the extreme. But, um, you know, fate was what it was. History played out the way it did. Bill Cooper was eventually killed by agents of the IRS on his porch in Arizona in 2001. Not because he was telling the truth, but because he was becoming increasingly more radical and increasingly more aggressive, bordering literally on domestic terrorism and prov uh, uh, provoking violence and civil unrest and disobedience. You know, it's... Yes, it's true that he was killed for not paying taxes. It was, it was true that he was killed right after claiming Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset. Which, clearly, it, it's true. Clearly, we didn't need Bill Cooper to say it. It was, obviously, to anyone who had any experience in it. But, Willie, at this point, he had completely disowned and divorced himself from the UFO community. Claiming the UFO community was clearly a delusional, psychopathic fringe meant to make patriots and political conspiracy theorists look crazy uh, or, or seem, you know, illegitimate, completely ignoring the thousands, if not millions, of people who had come forward by this time speaking about alien abductions and experiences which he wrote about in these books, The Blue Planet Project and The Pulsar Project, with which I will be reading um, next time, hopefully. So it's very controversial, but the information here is solid. The information here is absolutely solid. And one can use it as a great basis to continue one's research. I said, thank you for your time. Thank you for listening to me, the Beyond Top Secret Texan, speaking on the Beyond Top Secret Texan podcast, reading The Blue Planet Project, Alien Life Forms, by Bill Cooper. God bless you and your families, everyone out there in dreamland. Namaste and shalom. Iron sharpens iron. A friend sharpens a friend. Peace out.